listening to 27 Talks Podcast. Step into the world of hair. We've got ideas and stories to share. Supporting salon culture and life. We'll provide the education. One talk at a time. Amber sits down with Vish creator and CIO, Timothy Howard. Hi, and welcome to 27 Talks. Today, I'm so excited to share with you my guest, Timothy Howard. Tim is the Chief Innovation Officer of Vish. If you don't know what Vish is, it is a color waste management solutions. I actually, as a salon owner, have Vish uh, in full operation in my salon, and I cannot wait to share with all of you what it is, what it does, what it can do to better our industry, and equally get to know Tim along our conversational journey. He himself has been behind the chair for many years, also a salon owner also a platform artist. So he really marries the creative aspect of what we do behind the chair and what salon life really looks like and what those needs are and some of those needs that were not being met into the creation of this incredible tech that helps us with productivity. I can tell you there's going to be so much amazing information to glean from this episode. I can't wait for you to listen in and for us to share with you all. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Today, I'm so excited to have somebody who actually has a role in my own salon, and I'm overjoyed to be able to share what he and the company he is a part of. Tim Howard, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of sharing on this topic of technologies in the salon space and you coming at us from Vish. I would love to hear all about that. Hi and welcome. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. much. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want to just talk a little bit about who you are first, and then I want to get into like, what's this thing called Vish and what is that all about? Okay. And why is it amazing for our industry? But who are you? So I am, I guess, first and foremost, I'm a hairdresser. Um, I started my career when I was, I think, 18 or 19 years old. I went to hair school and I actually went to hair school at a default. I wanted to do fashion design and I was at the time where I was back where I am now, which is in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. And I arrived here from the UK after going to high school there. And I thought I could just kind of walk into fashion design school and, but it turns out there wasn't one here. So I ended up doing hair by default and uh, I almost got kicked out of beauty school twice uh, and then finally graduated and started my career <laughs> in hairdressing <laughs> yeah, after not taking it very seriously while I was in school. It's kind of hard sometimes to kind of get your brain wrapped around, like especially changing gears like that. I'm sure it was sort of this uphill struggle. Yeah, I mean, I'd never really touched hair before. It was literally just like, yeah, I got a year. What am I going to do? Well, I might as well try that. So it wasn't much of a desire. Yeah, yeah. 
That's awesome. I always say that hair chose me too. Like I just sort of stumbled into it and I was like, I don't, okay, yeah, let's give it a shot. And you, once you get hooked into it, you kind of get hooked into it. Well, it, it took me a little bit longer, really. I, <laughs> I, I spent probably, uh, well, my first experience ever when I was, I was 12 years old and my grandfather cut my grandfather's hair and he was just didn't want her to do it anymore. So he said, you're doing it. So it took me so long, he fell asleep. And then I ran away because I had patches all over his head. So there was bald spots. So that was my my first indicator that maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is something I shouldn't do. But anyway, I didn't pay attention and I kept going. And then, uh, yeah, years later. So it took so the first few years was really about you know, as, as everybody knows who does hair, the first few years, you're just sort of trial and error, kind of bluffing it more than anything else, being intimidated by what you don't know. Uh, and then I, you know, just being a male hairdresser, ended up getting recruited and working at some of the great salons where I lived, which was way beyond my skill set, way more than what it should have been. Or it should have been, I should, you know, I shouldn't necessarily have had the positions that I did based on my skill. But anyway, um, I did it and then worked in a few salons. And then at the age of 23, foolishly opened up my first salon. And yeah, and took a bit 23 years old and was successful in spite of my lack of experience. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a course. That's amazing. What did, I mean, that takes some serious guts. That's incredible. Ready? Or stupid. <laughs> it's not really guts. Yeah. That's awesome. So then how long was your journey, you know, behind the chair then? How long were you actually planted feet behind the chair? Uh, total behind the chair was about 20 years, 20, 20, 22 years, I guess. Um, so I, I had my first salon for a few years and I had a partner. It was actually my partner that I was with. Um, but we split and then I went and opened up my second salon and actually I think it was around 1999, 2000, I was unhappy in, in the industry, just feeling like, so as you know, owning your own salon, unless you're having a lot of outside influence, there's nobody that's really mentoring you. You're mentoring other people most of the time. And I just felt like I really missed that mentoring period. So I gave myself a goal. I went to um, a hair show, a big hair show in the U S and I saw a bunch of platform hairdressers up there and I gave myself a goal then I said, look, if I'm, I'm going to give myself three years to get on stage to do hair. And if I don't make it with three years, then I'm going to quit the industry altogether. And within 10 months, I was up on stage doing hair and then ended up doing that for about 15 years, traveling around the U S and Canada, a little bit, a little bit overseas as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it turned around. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's that part when you're a hairdresser that you don't feel confident because of your skill set. And then you hit that amount of time that you've just had the right amount of practice in. And then it ends up taking off for you or you end up becoming really good. So um, when I got into working for one of these hair companies or this uh, product company, I ended up um, just having some really great mentors. Some of the people that I work with in the industry are like Alan Ruiz, Gerard Scarpese, who now is hairbrained. So the uh, Ricardo Dennis, these guys were my mentors. And that's where I really kind of fell in love with the craft. But it wasn't until about like seven years in that, that I became good at that. 
That's amazing. What an incredible journey. And I think that's what's so phenomenal about this business is that you can really like set your sights on something. And like, if you've got like the stamina to do it, you can get on any path. I mean, it really can take you in yeah. so many incredible ways. I mean, it's absolutely. Well, somebody said that to me early on in the career, they said being a hairdresser is like a chef. You can choose to flip burgers for a living, or you can work in amazing restaurants and travel the world cooking. So it's just really whatever approach you want to take is you can kind of take wherever you want to go. Like you said, you can really just, you know, just, just be a hairdresser in your salon or you can travel the world and do hair. So I chose the latter. That's amazing. I'm sure, I'm sure the yeah. stories are incredible and we could go on and on and on about just that aspect alone, but that is not where your journey ends. I mean, you made that incredible like ride all the way till then you step away from behind the chair onto the stage and then what comes next for you so uh, yeah so I was I was traveling around doing a lot of hair um and trying to run my salon and then I had an idea about 10 years ago for you know what what, what we're doing today but a very slimmed down version back then mm-hmm. um basically just looking at you know, January, February, March, this time of the year, when you've spent your money that you've made in the December months and the busy months, is where is this money going? And I would watch and, and be guilty of it myself, watch hairdressers just pour and all colors pour the product down the sink. So I had an early concept that I kicked around for quite a while, um, just in how to fix that problem, how to make you know, how to, how to get control of that part of it. Now, unless you're standing at the color bar every day, this is a problem. You can't solve it. Well, there's always been methods in the industry that weighing what you throw away, you pour it in a bucket, you do all these things. And, but it didn't really change behaviors. And I knew that technology was the way to go about it. The challenging part of it is that um, getting that off the ground as a hairdresser, you know, building technology, early days of apps, you know, I didn't have that skill set. So it took a lot of digging. It took almost from the time of the creation of the thought to actually starting to work on the project it was about five or six years. And then started on it. And it was a really tough journey in the beginning. Actually, the first product that we did did not work. We ended up, it just died. It was not written properly. It did not work properly. So there was at some point where it got scrapped and the whole company got started again to go off from the beginning and do it all again. That's insane. That's inc- I mean, that's insane that to really hit this yeah. major wall and it doesn't work, but yet you know that there's still a need. There's a need and there has Absolutely. to be a solution. Oh my gosh, you're like yeah. just trucking along, trucking along despite adversity. I mean, that's, in- that's incredible. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I'll write a book. I'll write a book about it one day. (laughs) It's an amazing journey that was full of the most aggressive pitfalls that I would ever (laughs) even imagine experience. But again, I go back to that stupidity part, right? (laughs) Smart person would have quit (laughs) and would have just said, no, you know what? That's, that's way too challenging. But anyway, stupidity, perseverance pays off. So you know, there's something really genius in there. And like, you know, you get told no, and you just keep doing it. And that's, 
it's truly amazing. That's fantastic. So then, so all <laughs> this you. adversity and then is there anything in between? Yes, I'm sure like you could go on. I want to read the book. When you write the book, I'll read it. But, but <laughs> from that point to then really entering into what is now going to become Vish, is that about just the segue? It's just like, no, hit the wall, back to the drawing board and then it ignited. Um, well, no, back to the drawing board. And in fact, at that point is when uh, my brother, who is not from the industry, joined me. And he had a very different sort of uh, skill set that was ended up kind of recreated the product as to what it is, right? So just that combination of the two, you know, it, it, it was about waste. And it still is in terms of you know, just, just helping salons be more profitable and get rid of that and make sure their bottom line and the profit margins are better. But it's also just about making the whole, um, the whole color room, the color experience, the interaction much more um, systemized, much more insightful to the salon owners, data-driven is what really what it, it, what it is about, right? Because there's one thing, like you'll get rid of waste and we, you know, Vish does that incredibly well. Um, but then what, what is the next thing? It can't just be about that. So it's really about the data. It's really about the inventory and just how to maximize the whole business from end to end. It truly covers so much more than, you know, my first interaction and in meeting, you know, Vish as a company was actually through our mutual friends at Forest and getting a chance right. to be in Philadelphia uh, and, and get a chance to see what the potential of this company was. That was like, here, just let's have your email and then we're going to give you some tutorial. And I was like, okay, well, I'll check it out. And then I really just like got the email and pushed it through to Chet, who is, as you know, most everybody knows is co-owner of Salon 27 with me. And he's the data-driven guy, right? So he, right. he reads the email, it clicks with him and sees, oh my gosh, this is a solution to a problem that we've been having. I wanna know more and then enter in us working together but at this point how long has Vish to date been a company um uh, we're coming up on about two and a half year mark two and a half almost. I think maybe in April it'd be three years since the 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 new product was launched and we and, and there's been many many uh iterations iterations since then a lot of improvements a lot of things that are getting added all the time but it's been, it's been about two and a half, three years now. The basics of what the program itself and, and you guys as a company in terms of just waste. I mean, I'm going to like yeah. testimonial on my own podcast and YouTube right now that, oh my gosh, it totally works. You guys, it totally works. Yeah. It works, it works, it works. It works, it works, it works. But it is so much more than that too, because truly the data like you were saying and being able to run like deep analytics on your business you really get to dive in like layer by layer whether that is a service provider yeah. your salon as a whole what brands you're using i mean really yeah. there's so much information that you guys provide to us as a salon owner or a service provider it's next yeah. 
level, absolutely next level. So just to kind of break down kind of in a nutshell, yes, we talk about waste and we talk about color waste, but share with us a little bit more um, of breaking it down of what Vish can provide. Well, we do. Yeah. So um, like like you were saying, I mean, it's not just about the waste, but that's a large component of it is the first, you know, a couple of things that we look at and it's a journey with us, right? We really do focus on getting your team using the software. So where I'll start is there's an iPad app and your hairdressers interact. We have a Bluetooth scale. So we use this scale right here, which connects wirelessly Bluetooth to your iPad. And instead of just mixing color, historically, as we all know, what was happening before was you were recording, you were weighing stuff taking product out and then everything around that you were using a manual process to record it and to track it. I was notoriously bad for not recording formulas. I was notoriously bad. And so was my team for forgetting to charge for toners, many on services. So we knew that that's, you know, where we needed to focus. So while hairdressers, we don't want to change what they're doing. They just mix color as I always have, instead of just, they just touch on the screen, what it is they're using and weigh it. While that's being done, we do a lot in the background. We are calculating how much color is being used. At the very end, you take your color bowl and you put it back on the scale. We calculate what's left in the bowl, save the formula for you so you don't have to. Update the amount without the waste and store it for future use. If you did an add-on service, if you used, like one of the biggest problems in the industry is that you know, from one hairdresser to the next hairdresser, the profitability is completely different. If I am a hairdresser who is uh, more heavy handed or my client has a lot more hair, they come in every four weeks for eight weeks. And that, that sorry, I'm rambling, but that is one of the areas that is obvious. You have a customer that comes in every four weeks and you have a customer that comes in every eight weeks and it's the same highlight service. They are charged exactly the same, but but they are, um, there's a lot more color that's used between those amounts. So we have what's called Vish Front Desk. And it, we have a digital ticket that basically takes the information that was done on the service, pushes it to the front desk and gives an updated bill. So if you added an extra $5 worth of color, if you added an extra service, it's calculated and it tells your, it updates the price for your guests. Because that's where salons are losing money is they're not charging accurately for all the services that they're doing. So we do that. And then all that information then feeds into our dashboard and which gives you detailed analytics on each service that you're doing, but also on every employee. As we eliminate the waste, there's still another area of waste that goes on. And that's just an over application of color. So we're able to give insight into the people who are just simply over applying. And then that gives you the coaching ability to have a conversation, maybe plan education, and bring that down as well. So they're only what they need every time. Hopefully, and then, sorry, the final piece is that we are now, we are also counting your inventory as you work. So no more do you have to go and stock, take everything that you've used, manually write it down. That is available to you in real time. The real time component of it, I have to say, and that is with the inventory as well as that dashboard, it is from user feedback on this. And I'll just, again, just sharing from my perspective of like using Vish daily for all of my service providers and for the salon as a whole, 
I love that it is real time and I can see what's happening on that ticket with every single one of my team members, with every single one of the services that are happening in the salon. And I think that that component, when we first started with this, you know, we were working towards getting that up there on the, the dashboard. It is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's been a game changer for us. So what's great about it for level of reasons, but our team, as we're doing our consulting with our clients and we're talking about estimations of costs, if we're doing a big project, we can really give that real-time data right back to the client, as well as, you know, sharing, um, service providers sharing to me where they're at with a, a big service and even with smaller services too. like, Hey, you know what? We're going to have to go back in. We're adding another bowl. And instead of just being like that flat, we're adding another bowl charge. You're really honed in on what are you truly using? So you're equally not nickel and diming your client, but you're also just using and or charging for what the use is and, and, and what you need. Yeah. Precisely. And well, the biggest one that makes that makes sense is sort of that everybody can get the value from that right away or, or put their heads around is when you're doing a color correction, you have a flat fee for the service, but one color correction could end up using, you know, hundreds of grams of color. And I know historically there's not salons don't necessarily have in place what to charge per service for the bleach, for the toners, for all that, when there's an excessive amount. So we make sure that that calculation is done as easily access and easily charge to the customer and the customer appreciates it as well because like you said those flat fees that some people charge but other people don't in my salon you know some people would charge for it and then if they saw a different hairdresser and that person didn't charge mm -hmm. then there's a discrepancy between the services and the experience is positive yeah yeah and i think too with you were talking about even just that real time of it storing the formula as well um, of the guest, we're very communal in our space. And just as you mentioned, going from one service provider to another, what's so great about our organization is that people often kind of flow around from people because everyone, yeah. they're comfortable with us as a salon family. And to yeah. be able to recreate that formula to what, like a point of a gram. I mean, that's pretty yeah. incredible, Yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. Now, obviously everyone's got their own artistry, but the palette that you're going to create is there. And so I, it's, yeah. it's really baking. Well, what's that experience like on the reverse, right? So what is it like when you don't have it? How is that experience for the customer? Yeah. It's terrible. Right. They have to make it up. I mean, the amount of redos that happen because of that. So, Absolutely. yeah, I mean, it's just it, if you're doing things manually, it just makes sense that there's technology that will replace it, that you can automate all those processes. Yeah. And I love to, because I am always going to say, like, I am definitely I love tech. I love exploring in new tech ideas obviously that's why we you know we've got you guys with us but i do love a good paper and pencil i'm not gonna lie but what's really <laughs> great about it what i have to say is that that note feature that you guys have it's so fantastic and so i'm just like thumbs of typing like crazy and putting notes in for you know anything you know that the client had a remark on or notes for myself always leaving those breadcrumbs um on that yep. client ticket uh through the app which is yep. fantastic so for anybody who's like still scribbling away on 
paper, which I do, I actually do both. <laughs> so there's yeah. something cathartic for me. It, it gets stuck in my brain that way. But, um, but as far as like, you know, even the notes of the service and then as well as just the formula, it's, it's really lovely to have everything just streamlined. Um, and, and also yeah. another side note and not to be just like telling you all my stories. I want to hear more about Vish, but I have to tell you guys that during shutdown, when we were really backs up against a wall and what are we going to do? The iPad, the scale, my entire, entire color bar, and then um, gloves, bowls, and brushes that were all new we had purchased all came home. I had an entire setup in my garage where I was weighing out formulas and then just direct shipping root retouches to all of our clients. And that is because I had everyone's formula stored yeah. on the iPad in the cloud, ready to go at my fingertips. And man, you guys saved us for that. You guys really- That's, a, gr that's a great point. That really is a great point. And we saw that time and time again across the, our, all the salons that we're in over COVID is that a lot of people were doing the exact same thing. And then how would you have done it before? You had been calling up all looking for formulas. You've been chasing down those cue cards, yeah. everything there right at your fingertips. And that's the thing, like it, it's, you know, in what you said about being a family salon, it is sharing. The formulas belong to the customer and they should be accessed by everybody in the salon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it streamlines it to the just absolute perfection. It's great. It really is great. You guys great. have had Thank quite you. an amazing year. I received an email and just kind of talking about what we what we did together so to speak as a your organization as a yeah. whole um and if it's okay i'd like to just share a little bit Please we do. can talk more about it as well but just as your you know community of colorists and salon owners that you guys had a hand in saving i mean it's almost what is it? 1.8 million dollars. I mean, seriously, seriously, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to do more. I mean, that's just with the group that we have. So, you know, that number will just continue to grow in the savings. Yeah. And I mean, just think about it, you know, how much is being thrown away? How much is just being wasted? So, you know, we have a range that we know is about 25 to 40%, depending on the salons that we're in. It's just being thrown away. Yeah. And I see it time and time again. It's unthinkable to do that with any other inventory that you carry. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't be okay with it just being. So, you know, that, that is a great, it's a really impressive number. And we're very, very proud of that. You guys should be. It's, it's truly incredible. And I'll tell I, you. I ran like some quick numbers on myself and I was able to show that on social media over this last few days and just alone what I did as, as a service provider myself, but as our team in the salon as a whole, I mean, we really, we cranked out a lot of grams of color this year and you guys had a <laughs> hand in helping us. And, you know, I think anything new in terms of procedural into the salon can be quite a daunting task, but like you guys are there every step of the way to hold hands, to yeah. be able to share um, and really get this new technology fully integrated into whatever our culture is. And it, it, yeah. it works. It absolutely works. It's important. I mean, it, the, the thing is, is that it's, it's, a, it's a process that hasn't existed before with technology. Mm -hmm. So unlike other pieces of software, right? If you use Instagram, you kind of know how to use Facebook. You kind of know how to use TikTok. We're sort of the first point of reference. So for some salons, I mean, it, it literally takes 15 minutes with their training and you understand how to use our app. 
but it's it's that remembering those little steps and working that into your daily workflow that we are more than happy to be there every step of the way and provide ample training for teams. You know, we, we pride ourselves um, where I work on a day-to-day basis is with the customer support team, customer, uh, customer success team, is that we want to provide the same level of service that you give your guests. And, and that's really important to us. So we want to be there and available when you need us and any resources you need that we're there as well. So thank you for, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's, it's been really successful. And I know that we kind of used um, myself because I have the most established book of clients out of the entire salon. Um, I was sort of like the, the benchmark, like if, if Amber can do it, anybody can do it sort of thing. And, um, and now at this point, I want to say I Chet ran those numbers for me um, with our last newsletter out to our salon. And I think we had my waist alone is under 10 cents per service, which is, I mean, seriously, that's like the residue on the bowl and that's it. And there's nothing that's more satisfying than, you know, my fellow teammate showing me like their empty bowl and holding it up and like it, like it did. Like there's nothing left. It was perfect, you know. So there's it's yeah. you know we celebrate in those victories as well because every well, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I come across salons all the time and individuals who are wasting four and five dollars per service. A lot of color, and you're down ten cents. Yeah, that is a huge accomplishment, and that's fantastic to hear it's that. Pretty cool. It's really cool. So, um, and, and also you know one other thing to just kind of elaborate on in terms of like yes, money matters into the salon, and inventory matters. It is like cash sitting up against the wall, like ready waiting to be dispensed, and if it's going down the drain. That is horrible because you're just like throwing money out the window. Yes, we all know that. But the other side of it is I feel this shift that's beginning to happen with some momentum for conscientiousness of our environment in our salon space. Well, and that's truly like one, we all know that as you dump the color down the drain, the, the basics, it's going to clog your drain and it's going to make your sink yeah. not flow right and it's terrible and you hate calling the plumber out to have to like snake it. Okay, there's that. Yeah. But what's happening on the other side of that? Yeah. I mean, that's the best case scenario, right? That is the best case scenario. Yeah. It's in our water, in our landfills. Absolutely. So it's great that companies like uh, Green Circle exist mm-hmm. so that they're going to recycle this color. They're going to take care of it the proper way. Mm-hmm. What's even better is shipping less of that color. Totally. Right. It just has a massive impact. And it's not just, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's just about the salon saving money. It's not, it's about the environment, mm-hmm. but then there's the other side of it too, which is it's about the hairdresser. And if we can capture one or two services a day that you historically would have forgotten to charge, how does that impact your life? Absolutely. How much does that matter to you? That could be a car payment every month. Right. So giving that transparency, making the customer's bill consistent from visit to visit so that their experience is great and you make more money, that's that's a big win. And also, you know, the creativity is there. So we make sure that the app looks and feels great so that your creativity is not stifled. There's no barriers. Do whatever you need to do. But streamline your workflow. Because writing down those formulas, remembering the notes, like you said, and then at some point, hopefully, they end up being manually typed in the computer. Mm-hmm. It's just taking time away that you want to spend with your guests where you're building that relationship and making money. So that's why, you know, the Vicious is great at that. And that 
it just does all that for you simply while you're mixing color. And then finally, like counting inventory, how long does that take every week? How long does it take and how accurate is it? How often do you run a color? So we want to make sure that that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's made that huge impact for us for inventory wise as well. It really does streamline so much. Um, and what if someone is going to ask you a question of like, well, I cover uh, in the salon. I, I actually have a lot of different brands. Like how, how is that addressed? Yep. yep. So yeah, we work along all the color lines. Every color line that's out there, we have an inventory in our database. So whether you use two or three products of that color line and then half of that color line or the entire line, we can customize it. The one thing that we really focus on is that customization. What does your menu look like? How is your color line? What do you use? So that it's not just a blank approach. We spend a lot of time with the salons understanding how your business operates and we tailor fish to your business instead of the other way around. Yeah, that's awesome. We share with our clients too, just so you know, as well. It's our favorite thing to be like, oh, we're going to mix up your color. And they love as they're walking yeah. by the color bar, they get to see it. You know, of all of our lines are there, but they get yeah. to see the interaction of us like actually dispensing it on the scale. And it feels really special well, for them too. Well, that's really important because if you think now, like during, okay, so we come back from COVID and yep, you were doing what you were doing, which was servicing your customers by mailing out. Uh, hair color to them but how many of those customers would then go to a drugstore and they would buy their color and they would do it themselves by having a color bar that looks modern has you know equipment like vish an ipad a scale on there and they can watch you do it they understand that there's a lot more to it than going just picking out a box of color and plunking on your head they see how much thought and effort and education and talent goes into it so I think it's really important and the color bar should be celebrated, right? It should be part of the whole service, a whole experience. Absolutely. It's such a focal point in our salon and, you know, we, we have it tidy and it looks just, it looks sleek and it looks beautiful and it's just a good place to go and create. Um, but it's just something, like you said, it should be celebrated. And I think that's very true. Very, very true. So, well, what do you think is going to be next? Well, either for Vish, if you want to kind of give us any 2021 updates or okay. just as the salon industry as a whole in terms of tech and tech innovation. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, you know, the next thing we'll be coming out with is a, is a app for your phone because currently it's on the iPad. But we know that if we put the, the app on the phone and there's a lot more that can be done um, that you can do things on your phone for that client, for that mix that you're not having time to do on the color bar because other people need to use it. So that's sort of the next big thing, big thing that we're going to be launching is just that ability so that you can do more work create your palette on your phone, um, play with formulas. I want to, I'm a little sneak, I'm, I want to do some technique mappers so that there's more detail into what you do and that you can be sitting at your station or in the back room or at home and you can really customize and work uh, your work that you're, you're doing in the salon. But in terms of, um, you know, technology for the industry, I mean, I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, Instagram, TikTok, all those things and, and, and social media and, and networking with your clients and, and getting them to follow you. I mean, that's going to continue to evolve, of course, but I think you're going to see a big difference in the way inventory is managed. 
and you're going to see that is it should be easier for salons. Salons are still having to, like I said, count. I hear still there are salons that are faxing in or, 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 or scanning or sending photographs of their color order mm-hmm. is making that an automated process. As you're using that, why shouldn't you get alerts that you're running out of something? That should be, and that's what we're really focused on, is just making life easier for salons and more profitable for salons. I think that's what we need, especially in times where things can be so complicated. Obviously, we saw that with this past year and all of the, you know, rings of fire that we had to jump through to like just get everyday life happening in the yep. salon. Um, it's, it is an eye-opening journey that yeah. we all had of like time matters and yes you can onboard new procedures because we all did it with ppe we've all done it with just communicate and and in the chair or from behind the chair and in the salon safety but yet taking that all to the next level with those systems yeah. that we have in place um we are capable of doing it and and but at the same time with the idea that it will save us time it will save us yeah. financially um, and it will make more productivity as a whole. Well, that's, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, what a curveball thrown at is that you still have to be profitable, keep your doors open at 50% capacity, yeah. right? Like that's, we've never faced that before. So in order to do that, you have to be cost saving. You have to be able to, 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 to adjust the way that you do it every day. So I think, I mean, you know, I, without being, I'm not great at giving predictions, but the industry itself is changing and we've going to have a time because obviously, unfortunately, there's a lot of salons that have closed and are continuing to close because they can't, you know, they can't manage. So I think, you know, our industry is going to change better and we're going to be focusing on our, our bottom line a lot more. We're going to focus on running a more efficient, great experience, but also more profitable salons. Yeah. Yeah, we have to, but, and we're strong. We can, we can do it, you know, we can do it all together and with great resources like you know you've you've provided for us as well so it's great um you know it's funny i know we had been sort of casually chatting about you know the tech as it's going to continue to like move forward but you know this idea that you know some of us are a little bit like less reluctant and i think that you know, you had mentioned, you know, how the everyday tech that we're doing as stylists and in in the salon space, anyway, we do it, right? You were mentioning with like social media and stuff like that. Um, So I think it's not a far stretch to say that we can even push it further than that when you say. It has to be enjoyable though. That, That is the thing. There has to be that desire. It can't just be a tool that you use because you need to. Like, you know, people don't use Excel because it's fun. <laughs> they use Excel because it's a necessary tool. And I would say no, Chet probably would disagree with you on that. I think he's, you know what, as a, okay. Chet thinks it's I, fun. I rephrase it's... that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do not. I, don't. I think us hairdressers, most hairdressers don't feel that way. So, you know, technology has to have a purpose that isn't just a time sucker or isn't just a tool that you have to use. It's got to be enjoyable. You have to like using it. And what we were talking about earlier was just the, the TikTok, the Instagram, the Facebook and filters on, on photos. And it's just, it's amazing how 
we are so skilled at those things, but are hesitant to pick up new technology as well. Our industry, I mean, when we, when we, when I first, my first salon went paper appointment book into a digital appointment book, it was mutiny. I mean, people were ready to quit. There was fights in the salon every day. Just like, it's not that big of a leap, but you know, it's just that desire and that willingness. So one thing that we really focused on is making the app enjoyable to use. It's, it's, it's creative, it's bright. The interface is beautiful uh, and hairdressers love using it. So it is very um, intuitive in the way that it's now in its current state. It's, it is very easy to use. I think that we all kind of just like jump right in and, and put it into action. And it's, it's really great. I have to share with you this other thing though, that it came to mind right before we started, uh, you know, our chat today, but I look back at when we onboarded with Vish, I want to say it's almost two years. I think it's been almost two years. If memory yep. serves, who yep. knows, we lost a whole year. I have no idea what, how long <laughs> I have no, no concept of time anymore. Um, but I think it's been about two years and I it was, it dawned on me as I was preparing to set up this recording and I just record through zoom, but I thought, oh my gosh, my very first zoom ever, ever was with you that I had to put Is it, that right? Your first it ever? was, it was when we did our like onboarding with you, we were all huddled around my one laptop as a salon team <laughs> talking with you. And I kept thinking, this is the hardest platform to use. Like, how do people do this all the time? <laughs> and now you fast forward and here we're fully integrated yep. as a happily as a Vish salon. We have so many yep. other like tech advancements in the salon space. And now today I use Zoom like weekly for these it's things. Crazy. It's incredible. But that's, see, that's necessity though, yep. right? Is yep. that during COVID, we had no choice. The only way we're going to meet with people, have meetings, do things was and connect with people is through that. I mean, it's a young company and they have skyrocketed. So, you know, that, that just, that just furthers the point that I'm making is that, yep. You know, there, there, there is that level that if you need to use it, you learn it inside and out. Yeah. Well, it's That's come full circle so for me. So do a bleep. <laughs> I, I really think of Vish, we should do a blooper reel of, of Zoom interactions because it would be, uh, we, we'd have like a full length movie of just experiences that we've had trying to connect people via Zoom, especially early days. <laughs> yeah, it was a... Uh... Yeah, I don't think that um, it was very successful in that first one. It was, it was a little rough. <laughs> but now we've yeah, we spend, we sometimes on. spend 30 minutes just trying to get people to turn the camera on. So <laughs> well, we're, we're all we're all making it some some of us slower than others. I'm in the so, well, I want to ask you a couple fun fun questions okay. about you if you're game for this. I'm 100% game. Cool. Okay, so what do you love most about the salon industry? Uh, hmm. The the community, really. It's it like I I you know I'm doing this like I said so probably about 25 years now, and the people that I connected with early on are dearest closest friends for life. And it's that sharing that we have within each other. I think locally, sometimes we get a bit competitive with another salon, but as a whole, as an industry, I think we're very sharing, very caring and very loving to each other and very supportive of each other. Yeah. 
Um, it's, you know, I go to these events that I haven't seen people in years and years and years. And, you know, they, they're just embracing. I do. I really, and, and, and the education, sorry, sharing and the education is that I think that I had the stigma years ago about being a hairdresser and not going to university and, and doing that. But the amount of education that we do, the amount that we are always moving forward and educating ourselves, I'm very proud of that. And I want more hairdressers to be proud of that, not feel like it's doing something lesser by being a hairdresser because we have massive impact on people every day. And uh, it's, you know, you gotta be pretty smart to be a hairdresser, so. I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely, absolutely. And our community- a long answer. <laughs> so tight. No, it's so, but I love that. I love those like feel good questions because I think it truly is amazing. The, the community of stylists and salon owners collectively, um, brands that partner with us all. I mean, in this past year, it really, it really showed what we're made of, you know? And I think that's yep. phenomenal. Yep. phenomenal. Um, okay, so your best moment of 2020, there was a lot of rough goes, but what was positive for you? Uh, um, there was, I mean, a lot. I think taking that time to pause in the very beginning of it, I think that was difficult. It was difficult to slow down. It was difficult because of the uncertainty. I mean, all of us felt it, you know, when you go from revenue to no revenue, when you go to, from working insane hours to not working very much at all and not knowing what's on the other side of it, but taking that time and I encourage other people to do it at the same time. It's just enjoy it. Yeah. Like try to get outside, try to do things and, and take time for yourself that you haven't been able to, because the next time we do this, hopefully is when it's retirement and not another pandemic. Right. This is this is this is a pause that we're getting, and it's a pause to think and reevaluate and, and find out what's important. Um, yeah. So you know that that was. I mean, there, listen, there was tons of difficult things about it, and I'm not trying to make light of that time because it wasn't super positive for everybody. But for myself personally, it's just taking that time to, to kind of slow down a little bit, yeah. only to ramp back up again and <laughs> right back, back at it. But yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That reflectiveness I think is, is key. And sometimes we have to get like forced into it. And well, what I did you do it. for the, the first month, the first two months? I mean, when, when you weren't open things weren't happening. I mean, maybe, I mean, I know in each state it was different on how long it lasted, but we were, for the first four weeks. Yeah. We were closed for just over nine, nine weeks as a whole, even though the state said we could, we closed early and then we opened later than the state yeah. allowed us for comfort really, and for right. figuring out right. what it was gonna look like. Um, I literally lost my, like half my body. That's what it felt like. Cause I'm at home, right. wife, mom, you know, homemaker, all of those things. Like I can get that like, okay, stir in the pot on this side, I'm good, I'm good. And then this side was like all my creativity. Yeah being physically able to touch people, share with people, all that was so stunted that even though yeah. I love that other side of my life, I didn't know what to do. I literally did not know what to do. And so thus the talks began because I, I was desperate oh, for something. I was desperate for something. 
Um, and then it was just like, you know, weekly, sometimes two or three phone calls of, you know, FaceTime with the team just to feel that we were connected. Um, and then just endless sharing of trying to figure out what is reopen going to look like. And if you had the crystal ball, you know, I wished, but a lot of education during that time, a lot of education. So, and that's the thing you can have to sit back and you can sit back and stress about it and you I mean they're you know naturally you're going to stress about it but you can also just change things and do things differently so obviously you did I mean and then I found a new salon during shutdown and we reopened in a bigger space so there's that's a whole other topic too amazing amazing listen I like I told I was on the talk with Sam via and I said you know 2020 gave us the yuckiest lemons and I tried to figure out the most delicious recipe for lemonade and here we are. You did it. Here we are. Congrats. <laughs> Same to you. Same to you. Um, okay. If you had to pick foliage or balayage or foils, like classic foils or balayage. Well, uh, yeah. So funny. Um, <laughs> kind of put my hand back in color recently after being away from it for a while did you and balayage it balayage it first and then I, the results weren't quite there yet so I switched back to foils yeah. it was um yeah it's just like I, I forget how 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 simple it looks mm-hmm. but how many things were involved to pay attention to while you're doing balayage so I'm still working on that skill again brushing it up but I default back to what I did for so long which is foliage you know, when I um, first started t- like diving into balayage, I was working as an independent contractor at the time. And so it, I'm reflecting on when you were saying as owner, you didn't have anyone mentoring you. I was just kind of solo on my own island. And this trend was like skyrocketing back again. And I remember going back to like, okay, cosmetology school, I remember in the textbook, this French technique of highlighting hair naturally, you know, sun-kissed highlights. And I'm like, none of that made sense to me. It took me like five years to even get where I would even like charge for it because learning it, when you went to school with like having those highlights, like put, like, it looks like they're growing right out of your scalp. And if they aren't, your (laughs) client is coming back in your chair going, you did it wrong. (laughs) Yes. If you sneeze and have roots, no. (laughs) So it's hard. It's hard to like switch. And now I'm so envious of, you know, students today who are like, man, they just have it naturally. I learned the highlighting cap. So (laughs) I went from highlighting cap to foils, to balayage, back to Foils. Now I'm going to break up the highlighting cap again, just for some, uh, <laughs> some old school skill. Yeah. I keep threatening that too. I'm like, I'm going to do it and make it really cool. <laughs> um, what's your favorite place to be? I know you've got a chance to kind of be in many, many places, but what is that um, special place for you? Uh, what do you mean? Like travel wise or yeah, just what makes how, you, how do you mean feel that? the what most direction? comfortable? Like, where are you the best you at? Um, I haven't discovered the best me yet, so I can't really answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, That's a great I mean, answer. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, just got to spend some a great holiday season with my family and my friends. I mean, I've, I've been away from my hometown for about four years, just on the road working for the last four years. So I got to come back here 
Um, and again, fortunately that there's very low COVID next to no COVID. So socializing was opened up and I got to spend time with my kids. I got to spend time with my family and my brother and I uh, spent a lot of time together. It's been great. Um, so that's, that's right now immediately, but, but another, I, I discovered Japan, Tokyo, uh, about a year and a half ago before COVID. And that was, that was my other, that's my other spot. I need to explore that a little bit more. That's awesome. It's like a, a place that I know I could spend a good few years getting lost. It's calling you. It is. It that's is. fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is the last thing that inspired you? Hmm. Wow. Uh, that's, really, when um, I wrote these, I was, I was feeling deep, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, no, these are good questions. These are really good questions. Um, I think we're, I think good design. That's, that's a constant for me, right? Always discovering something that is just really well designed that I can really um, get wowed by. So it could be anything from, you know, a well-designed, you know, Bluetooth scale that looks really great and is perfectly made and it's just, you know, to a, you know, a beautiful building or a great interior space or a new tool that I've come across. That, that's usually what, what really gets my wheels turning. It's like that is having something and then thinking about what if, how do you, re, how do you, how do you uh, reimagine it or how do you repurpose its original intent and make it even better? That's a constant. And I'm sure at every turn you can land eyes on something and it like just triggers you in, in that good. Yeah, energy. but it seems to come in like, it seems to come in waves. And of course, you know, and then music as well, right? Like, you know, just something that just is like it and you, you know, that new favorite song or, or I'm old school. So it's that, that album, you yeah. know, I'm still into like <laughs> listening from one, one to 12 in succession every time so yeah that's the that's the other other area for me that's awesome that's awesome yeah I'm the yeah. same I do like it in its entirety I, and then if I get interrupted oh. in it I'm like no I gotta I gotta like start again <laughs> back to the top I listen to music of listen to music of my daughter as we usually get through three quarters of the song before she's on to the next one <laughs> and it's not not it's not like the attention spans like two two minutes 45 seconds and then it's next <laughs> Yeah. Those days of just like the headphones on and just like sunk back Love in it. the couch and just like immersed in it. It was like ex like a full experience. Yep. yep. Um, what's one thing uh, that has to be on your daily routine? <sighs> the news and coffee. Yeah, like first thing, like digest my first 15 minutes kind of find out what's going on mm -hmm. while drinking coffee and then it's on to whatever's in front of me for the day but that that's a must-have do you use like a drip a keurig a press like what's your what's your usually a pour over mostly yeah. a pour over yeah and and more at home now but uh, you know typically used to be going out to my favorite coffee shop and getting a cappuccino that is like you know the way to start the day i long i long for that again <laughs> I mean, we can do some good coffee yeah. at home, but there's something about that experience, you know, the whole room yeah. smells like it and people buzzling around. And... Yeah, that is pretty great. I can't wait for that again. One time soon, one day soon. Um, so what is the final question is, what is your hope for this year that we're in for 2021? 
Uh, I hope that we get to connect with people again. I hope we get to be in people's spaces again. I hope we get to get like just, I don't think life's ever going to return to normal, but I think that the new normal is better than the old normal. Yeah. That is my hope. Yeah. I want to get up in people's spaces. I want to have like the longest, <laughs> most uncomfortable hugs. Be great. <laughs> be all over it. You're into, you're into giving those awkward hugs, are? <laughs> yeah, I've had a yeah. year now of not, so it's it's gonna be next level when it happens. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what this year brings for Vish for you. I know we're excited at Salon 27. We just can't, you know, wait to see what is coming our way. But I'm so grateful for you and for everybody at Vish for what you guys do for Thank us. You. I'm excited to share this with our industry because I do think it's something that um, it is, this is our future. This is our future. And, is, and, you know, like I said, we're really happy to be in a position where we are, you know, coming out of COVID, helping salons save money, helping salons grow. Um, you know, it's a really great fit right now. And, and I think what we're able to offer salons is going to, is going to help carve the future for them and open bigger, newer, more locations. So Anybody who's listening who wants to schedule a demo with us, find out more, just go to getvish.com, G-E-T-V-I-S-H.com. Get fish, and you will not be sad because you will get results with fish. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Sam, I can't thank you enough for sitting down. My the pleasure. Thank you very much. The snowfall looks beautiful. So snow falling? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I wish you the happiest of New Year's. Thank you for everything thank you. and thank you for your time. Pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We will talk soon. Bye. Bye.